to the Cross Time with Pastor Curtis session today. Uh, we meet every Monday and Friday here at noon, and uh, it's online on the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page, and later uploaded to uh, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. So I pray that you would avail yourself to those places. And you can also find us on the Podbean app. And uh, for those who have ears to hear is our channel, or you can type my name in. It's probably better if you typed in for those who have ears to hear. And all of our audio migrated from Spreaker over to Podbean. So you can find that on our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. About halfway down on the screen on the left, there's a player there. And you can, you can listen to everything that we do on audio. And uh, if, if you want to go farther back and it's not there, just click on the Podbean uh, little icon there, and it'll take you to our channel on the Podbean app. And you can also follow us there so that when we do go live or we add something new, you'll get an alert on your smartphone so you can see what that might be and you might have time to to follow along with us and learn the word of the truth of the gospel uh we're in the book of colossians today this is going to be our third session here on the 16th day of february 2024 and we're just excited to be gathered around god's word learning jesus christ in the word that's what we're learning that's who we're learning if it's not we're mishandling the Word of God. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, go get your Bibles. Take a second. Go get your Bibles. And uh, while you're grabbing for your Bible, I'll just go ahead and say what a wonderful and beautiful service we had last night, a memorial celebration uh, service for the life of Brother Dale Hunt, uh, who left us last week to go be with the Lord. And uh, the service is out there. It's on the YouTube channel, and uh, you can watch it. And it was just a beautiful service, and uh, we will never forget uh, Brother Dale and uh, just all the good times that we had with him. And it was a very, very wonderful time in the Lord we had last night remembering him as we will do uh, continually in the days ahead. So I hope you got your Bibles now. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Again, this is part 3 here in, 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 in Colossians chapter 1. And before we do anything else today, I want to show you just in this first chapter of this great book how, how much the Holy Spirit talks about Jesus Christ. How many mentions of Him are in this first chapter. And that's what we're going to do before we go back and dig into where we left off. But I want us just to, to go through this, and I hope that you'd uh, watch and maybe highlight it in your Bible some way or write it down, whatever the Lord leads you to do. But watch this now. Verse 1, Colossians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Verse 2, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to you, or we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. That's four times already in three verses. Verse 4, 
since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints. And then if you skip down to, and there may be others between this, but if you skip down to verse 13, the Bible says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God? That's talking about Jesus. In verse 16, by him were all things created. That's talking about Jesus. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's twice in that one verse. It's talking about Jesus. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body. Jesus, and verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, should all fullness dwell, verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reckon all things unto himself, <laughs> that's three times in one verse, and then verse 21, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. Hallelujah. You scroll down to verse 24, who now rejoice, talking about uh, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. You scroll on down to verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28 whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And the last verse of this chapter, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And we know that his working is the working of death his death at Calvary, that God is working in us, 2 Corinthians 4, 11 and 12. It's all about Jesus. If there is no Jesus in the Bible, there is no Bible. If there is no Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary in our messages, there is no message with power and wisdom and instruction and guidance. You can say that the church can be led in instruction and, and, and things, but not without we beholding the Lamb. There, there's only pretending and make-believe, and that's why nothing ever works out, because the only thing that works out is the work that God is working in us and through us, and that work works out through us into the will of God. So that includes Christ and his sacrifice as the object of our faith. So let's go back up here today, and I think we left off in verse 7, where Paul says, let's back up to verse uh, 5. You know, it's hard to get away from this portion of Scripture right here because it's so... It's so 
so focused and so uh, directional and instructional, and it's like it's like spotlight shining from these scriptures onto the only way that you're going to be able to function because it was your way in, and it's your only way to follow the footsteps of Jesus. You have to understand the light of God that makes the Word of God a lamp to our feet and a light to our path only shines on Christ who is the light and what he did at Calvary that allows, uh, that allows him to be the applicable light and listen, the light that shines on the footprints that he left us to walk in. Psalms 85.13 tells us that righteousness went before him and has set us in his steps, in the way of his steps. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, I believe it's Psalms 37, 6, that our righteousness has become our light. And that righteousness that the Bible calls ours, it belongs to Christ. And we are righteous only in him. Hallelujah. So that's just good sound doctrine. The light of God shines on Christ through his work at Calvary onto the path revealing his footprints that we must be found walking in or we are just walking after the carnal flesh using scriptures, mishandling scriptures for our own specific purposes, but God's will will never be carried out except as we find ourselves in the footprints of Jesus Christ that can only be lit up for us to see through the light that he is by becoming our righteousness at Calvary. Hallelujah. That's just good sound. So Colossians 1 verse 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And let's continue today. If we don't, we'll get stuck right there for another three weeks because, my friend, those verses we just read can be picked apart and every other scripture in the whole Word of God can be brought into the light of this. You see, for too long, we, we've tried to make uh, the the... the the, the focus of how to live for God just in Romans chapter 6. And there is where you'll find the wisdom and the power revealed as to what was really provided at Calvary and what it really looked like to God and what really was provided there and how we really partake of it. But listen, that story is told through all the way from Genesis throughout the book of Revelation. I mean, we learn how there, but then the view, listen, once we learn what Romans 6 teaches, my friend, listen, we're not limited to that when we're talking about how the Bible relates to the Lamb of God. It all relates to the Lamb of God, or we're mishandling it. Let me say it again. I said it in the last session, and some of you need to take this to heart and think upon this. Nothing, <coughs> nothing in the Word of God should be distracting us from the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God, but rather should be enhancing that view we have of the very place 
that our God is delivering us unto always, which is the death of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. So the, these, these are the, uh, the things that you're going to begin to hear in the last days as God uh, raises up ministers of righteousness like never before. Now, I'm not talking about in number, and I pray there be more, but I'm talking about the message, the determination to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified and to not be uh, moved, not, not for uh, one moment away from this. Paul said, none of these things moved me. What moved him was the revelation of Jesus Christ <coughs> and him crucified. And I'm thankful today to know that and to be, even though it's been through many toils and many snares, that God has been able to bring us back to our scriptural first love, scriptural first works. And it's only there that we're going to continue to hear him properly and minister properly as we feed God's sheep, feed God's lambs. There's only one meal on the table. Listen, it's the body and the blood of Jesus. I don't care if we're putting scripture from Genesis or Leviticus or, or Matthew, Mark, Revelation. The meal on the table is Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's his body and his blood. That is our communion, meaning that koinonias or something Greek word like that. Uh, I think it's koinonias, uh, but it means our our distribution, our fellowship, our intimacy, our our, our everything is in the, it's what that word communion means, and it is in the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just because of the blood and the body, but it is our communion, our fellowship, our distribution, our everything is in the blood of Jesus and His body. Hallelujah! So. That's just the way it is. So Paul goes on to say here in verse 7, as you also learned, what does that mean? You also learned of Epaphras, Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. And I think I skipped that one while ago because I had them, I had them all highlighted in blue. And I, so there it is again. So however many times we saw the phrase Christ or Jesus Christ or the Lord himself mentioned in this chapter, there's another one. But he says, as you also learned of Epaphras, that means you also heard the word of the truth of the gospel from Epaphras, who through that revealed the hope that you have in heaven. But not only that, through that is how you learn everything or you're not learning every anything. I want you to know that. Jesus said, unless you bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple in Luke 14, 26 and 27. Unless you bear your cross, you cannot be my disciple. Disciple, you can't get around it. Disciple means learner. There is no learning except through faith in the cross. Not just because you were saved by faith in the cross. You're not going to learn anything today. There's not going to be an impartation of the Holy Spirit of truth and grace 
today in your heart unless you're learning what you're learning through the word of the truth of the gospel. If some minister is telling you, well, that's not really true, then they're they're just still mishandling God's word. And until he brings them back to this place of beholding the lamb and ministering the word in the light of the lamb, then they're not going to be able to do anything for you other than outside of carnal and fleshly uh, uh, things, emotional and feelings, and maybe give you food or maybe do that, something, provide for you in your physical need. But spiritual, spiritually, they can't help you unless they're holding God's word in its righteous context, Romans 1.18. If we don't hold the truth in its righteous context, then we're not helping anybody spiritually. So here we see that this Epaphras, Paul called him our fellow servant. And I want to show you a few other times, a couple of other times, that Paul mentioned this fellow Epaphras. One of them is in chapter 4 of this this particular letter of Colossians, verse 12, Colossians 4 and 12. Epaphras, he says, who is one of you. You see, boy, that could be a negative thing today <coughs> when somebody says, well, he's one of them. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, he's one of them. Well, what does that mean? He, Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So Epaphras, he says, who is one of you, he's one of you who are servants of Christ, one of you, that means he's a Christian, he's claiming to be a Christian, he's serving Christ. He, he doesn't just say he's a Christian, he's serving Christ. He has the testimony physically viewable and verbally he is serving Christ. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. And then he calls this Epaphras in the letter to Philemon in chapter 1, verse 23, he says, There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. And I'm not real sure if he was a prisoner from where Paul was writing. Uh, 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 well, he, he must have been because uh, Philemon, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the prison epistles. And he says, there salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. So he calls him his fellow prisoner. And he might have been in prison with Paul when he was writing the letter from Philemon. Let me tell you something, folks. We, we, we who hold this truth of Calvary's lamb dear and are serving Christ, not in just any old way that we feel like we uh, want to, but we serve God and by serving Christ acceptably with reverence and in the fear of the Lord in righteousness and peace and joy. Listen, 
they're, they're, you, you may not be behind bars in a physical prison, though there are many who are just for the serving the name of Christ all over the world, but you can be in, in a type of prison where you've been excluded. People, preachers and churches and all these p people, they, they don't have anything to do with you because you're, you're outspoken about the faith. You're, you're not just doing what you do and, and believing what you say you believe within four walls of a building or a denomination or a small group of people. It's, it's in your heart. It's on your lips. And you're sharing it. You're, 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 you're serving Christ openly before men. And, and my friend, if you do that in these days, you're, 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 we're all going to have that, that uh, what we call it, that, that title, you're one of them. You're one of them. Oh, you're one of them that don't wear nothing but the, or you're one of them that y'all don't, y'all, y'all, listen, you, what we need to have is the testimony that they're one of them that think there is no other answer from heaven except Jesus and the blood he shed at Calvary by suffering in his flesh. They're one of them. I love that testimony when people say, bless their hearts, they're just stuck at Calvary. You know, there's been people, they left our church, and, and they said the reason they left is because all we talk about is the cross. All I can say is hallelujah. Say it one more time for the, for the glory of God. Say it one more time. They're, they're out there looking for a power to cast out devils because they say the cross ain't enough. Faith in the cross is not enough. My friend, let me assure you, whatever power you're looking for while you're avoiding the preaching of the cross, your heart is pouring out to God in unbelief. Your heart is, is only uh, as, as a heart of unbelief because if you're looking for the power of God outside of another avenue from which he said it will be found, which is the preaching of the cross, my friend, your heart is telling God you don't think the cross was enough, or you're saying, yeah, I know the cross, I believe that, but we need the power that comes from it. The, Paul said that the power of God, the power of the demonstration and hope, hope the spirit and demonstration of the, the power of God comes through the preaching of the cross. As I told the folks last night in the little short message in Brother Dale's memorial service of celebration, we didn't need an altar call to invite people down to the front of the church. When they hear the gospel, they're at the altar and they're coming forward or they're turning from it. When people hear the gospel, they are making their mind up when they hear it, whether that is enough for them or it is not. And my friend, all day long, you can say he is one of them. And I'll say, yes, I am. Say it again. Hallelujah to the lamb. Behold the lamb. For the more you behold him, the less you will think that there's any power coming through any other place than the place that's preached. Christ and him crucified. There are a few Bible believers left in this world today. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's good. This Epaphras, the Bible says here in Colossians 1 that the, the people there, they learned the gospel from him who apparently founded the church there in Colossae. Paul called him a dear fellow servant. 
which is a humble description from the, from the great apostle Paul, and a faithful minister of Christ, as opposed, no doubt, to those unfaithful ones who here and elsewhere were disturbing the faith of God's flock. And there's other scriptures that we could look at to see that there's always been those who stand in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, but yet who are disturbing the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ by which we live. Meaning they're distracting from the slain lamb. Though they say, you know, you can distract people from the cross even when you're talking about the cross. If you're talking about the cross and like it's an option of a, mul a multiple choice. Or if you're talking about it with a plus sign like it's that plus. If it's not exclusively Christ and him crucified to be saved or to live saved, then my friend, it, you've added and anything we're adding to the cross of Christ eliminates us from the grace that comes exclusively from that place. So you need to understand it. And that is where the separation comes. Well, we don't believe that. You, they're, they're one of them. And people can sit all day long and hear the preaching of the truth of the word of the truth of the gospel and walk away and they're doing it by the droves today and they say well I know that's right but but what but what they've chosen to not simply to believe the gospel that our lives are not to be becoming anything other than the gospel Philippians 1 and 27 so this Epaphras was a faithful uh, fellow servant even a fellow prisoner of the apostle Paul <coughs> a faithful minister of Christ and again that's quite a testimony to have of the apostle Paul and I'd rather have that testimony than the testimony of those who were disturbing those who were hindering those who were transforming themselves into ministers of righteousness, that self-transformation is always of Satan. Let me say that again. Self-transformation is always the working of Satan. So it's more than the sin nature. It's more than the flesh. All self-transformation is of Satan. And anything other than being transformed, made conformable to the death of Jesus through faith in the death of Jesus is more than the flesh and the sin nature. It is those things, but Satan is fueling all that because those are the grounds on which he stands to be able to get his lies through to us. Who do you, listen, the sin nature deceives us and slays us who are Christians, Romans 7 but it is the working behind that which Satan enjoys. He is behind all that. And you need to understand that. All self-transformation is that which Satan brings into the church through the sin nature to puff the flesh up. And that's, what it, that's, how, that's how it is. So anything other than the preaching of the cross is self-transformation. I don't care what it is. Even if it's scriptures that are in the Bible that you're using uh, that you think you could do this and save yourself, that's self-transformation. Jesus came to destroy that which is self, deny that self so that you can follow Christ through faith in 
his sacrifice. Amen. That's taking up your cross. So let's read verse 7 again. As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now I got to tell you, as we said last week, if I don't know how to walk in the Spirit, then I can't love in the Spirit. And I'm not being ugly, my friends, but there's very few Christians on the planet who can tell you scripturally and show you scripturally what confirms and verifies that their loving in the Spirit is from their walking in the Spirit. I promise you. I promise you. You ask 99% of the time you ask whoever the most spiritual person in some local gathering, whoever that is, what it, what it means to be walking in the spirit. How, how do I walk in? How do we walk in the spirit? And listen, I've heard it time after time. They'll tell you just love, love people. Just love people. Listen. You trying to love people don't put you in the spirit. You began, Galatians 3 says, you began in the spirit when you trusted in Christ and him crucified. Galatians 3 tells you that. You began in the spirit through the hearing of faith, not the doing of anything. You believed what Christ did in his flesh at Calvary's cross, and because you believed that from the heart, you began walking in the Spirit. And only as your faith remains in Christ, I'm not talking about you say it is, I'm talking about that is what you're trusting in deliberately and consciously. I am surrendered, I am yielded to obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6 and 16. I know what I'm trusting in. I'm, I'm trusting in. The Bible says while you're making your calling and election sure, you won't stumble. You won't fall. Peter wrote that. Every time we stumble and fall due to our flesh, every time, it's because we're not beholding and trusting in the Lamb of God. We believe in what Christ did there, but it's while we're not trusting from the heart in what he did there that we say the dumb, that we do the dumb, that we get ourselves in all the dumb. And then we have to repent and allow God once again to accept what his word says, that he's always delivering us unto death for Jesus' sake so that we can once again begin to express Christ through faith from the heart in his death. Hallelujah. That's 2 Corinthians 4, 11 and 12. So, so let me say this before we move on. I cannot love in the Spirit. Let's be very clear. No one is loving in the Spirit if they are not walking in the Spirit. Now, we're going to get real technical in the Word of God today, and we're going to show you something in the next chapter. Let's move over to the next chapter, chapter 2, because this is paramount. This is paramount for the child of God, not those who don't want to know sound doctrine because they don't know what they're trusting in. They don't really even know who they're really following. They think they're following Christ, but if you're not walking in his footsteps that have been left as an example, then we're not following Christ. 
We're not following Christ if our faith is not deliberately and consciously in his sacrifice. That's what he taught. So Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, the Bible here says, as, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, how did you receive him? Through faith in his death. This is paramount, my friend. Even for those who've heard this and we say we know this, this needs to be by the Holy Spirit engrafted a little bit deeper in our hearts today to become a little more of a reality in our moment-by-moment -moment living than it ever has been before. In our moment-by-moment -moment awareness of this reality that I am not walking in Christ if I am not walking the same way I received him, which was by a deliberate and a conscious faith. Let me say this. You and I are not walking in Christ Jesus with the subconscious. You can forget that. Well, it's just natural for me now. Oh, no, you got a flesh. And, oh, you got a flesh, my friend. And that flesh, you have to... You, you can't deny yourself in your subconscious mind. You, you can, that's why we get ourselves in trouble thinking Christianity just works automatically. That's the last thing you need to believe. And unless you're fighting the good fight of faith, you're not going to experience the victory that comes from the faith that you have. You, the, Christianity does not work in the subconscious of our mind, just like you didn't get saved initially through, well, I just, well, I just know I'm saved. And years ago, I was in a, uh, teaching a youth group, and there was probably 30 at least kids in there that night. And I had just taken over as the youth pastor, and I said, we're going to do a little something different tonight. We're going to go around one by one and tell everybody when we got saved and, and what, what happened when we got saved. And several of those young people would just say, well, I don't really remember. I don't know. I just know I'm saved. My friend, let me assure you, you might not remember what day it was, what time it was, but when you got born again, that is something that happens that you know you were changed. You know you were born again. You might not have been able to explain. You might not have been able to put it in words, but you won't ever forget when you were born again because in that that the bible calls that the operation of god and god don't operate without you knowing that he has operated and that operation was such an operation that he put you to death in his son with his son because your faith was placed in the death of his son and you were made a new creation in Christ Jesus, born again. You don't go through that and say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I No, no. My friend, again, you might not remember what day, what hour, but I'll tell you this. You do know that you were changed. You do know that you were not the same. You do know that, my friend. 
because when you accepted from your heart, you believed, as Romans 10 says, under righteousness, your mouth had something to talk about. It, that's what the Bible says. When man believes with the heart under righteousness and the mouth confesses unto that salvation, you don't confess your way into salvation. You confess what you just believed that saved you because it's the righteousness of faith that does the speaking. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 6. Look that up and let your socks be blowed off your feet. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's the righteousness of faith that speaks. Woo! Hallelujah. It ain't faith speaking. It's the righteousness of faith that speaks. My goodness. Glory to God. Somebody ought to be shouting this morning. Hallelujah. I need some certified bona fide shouters. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So watch this uh, all important Bible verse again in Colossians 2 and 6. As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord, so that means like, so, like that, walk you in him. Nobody's walking in Christ unless their faith is deliberately and consciously in his death. Right now, you can walk in Christ if your heart is trusting that he died for you and now your union with him is through your faith in his death. Glory be to God. I'm talking about God is trying you every moment, Job 7, 18, to see if you will accept where he's always, every moment, delivering you to, which is the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4, 11, to attempt to work that death in you so that you can express his son to other people. My friend, that ain't happening if we're not walking in Christ. And we sure can't do nothing but work hard to try to love people or try to bash people because they're not loving like we are over here. And listen, only through faith in the sacrifice can can we walk in the Spirit Galatians 5 teaches that very plainly. And only when we're walking in the Spirit can we love in the Spirit. Everything else just got the name of love tagged on it. That's why they're putting homosexuals in the name of love in their pulpits. That's why they're allowing this and allowing this, oh, in the name of love to take place in the church. But my friend, it ain't love in the Spirit that's allowing that stuff. It's just what men call love that allows the carnality of man, the abominate, the things that are abomination to God to come into the church and take over. But where there is a love in the spirit, it's going to be found only among those who are walking in the spirit. And there ain't nobody alive today at this very moment walking in the spirit who's Faith is not in the death of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about consciously and deliberately. That's what we're trusting in. That's what we're using God's Word led by the Spirit of God to point people to what He's pointing them to with the Word of God. Have you not known before that if God delivers us always unto death, that means every moment. How does he do that? How does he always deliver us unto death for Jesus' sake? Well, it's by the word of God. 
We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus told the devil that. Man, don't live by bread alone. We live by every word. Come on, somebody. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yet the life is only found in the blood. So the word, if it's not dipped in the blood, you're not going to get no life out of it. You might get some excited, some emotional feelings out of it, but you're not going to get no life out of the word unless it's dipped in blood. Think about that. God always delivers us unto death through teaching us the word of the truth of the gospel, guiding us into more truth, which doesn't, listen, guiding us into more truth doesn't make us more busy about works. It makes our view more of a view of, of greater clarity, if you will, of the Lamb of God. That's who we're supposed to be looking at, looking unto Jesus, hallelujah. But we see Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah. So this is a paramount scripture. As you have, therefore, received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So let's go back over here to verse 8. This Epaphras Paul is telling the church in Colossae, this Epaphras, he, listen, he's taught you this as a fellow servant. He's been, he's, he's faithful minister of Christ, and he's also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now, let me say it again before we move on today. People who are not interested in sound doctrine are not really interested in being scripturally correct. They just want feelings. They just want emotions moved. And, and those people, they can't even be assured. They have no assurance that they're even following the correct Jesus. And the church today, a huge segment of the church, really not interested in the word. They just want a move of God. Let me tell you, my friend, that's a dangerous place to be. I've heard people say, we don't need doctrine. We don't need more doctrine. We just need Jesus. Well, my friend, if you move away from sound doctrine, the devil is, he is a perfectionist at painting a picture of another Jesus before you. Sound doctrine is what allows you to make sure that you know you're following the Jesus of the Bible, which many are not today. You see so many foolish things being said and done in the name of the Lord. Never forget that the people on the earth who were supposed to be those representing God's holy people are the ones that did what they did by crucifying Christ all in the name of the Lord. So, my friend, you can be wrong. You can be wrong. So if I know I can be wrong, I need to be on a journey doing what God told me to do, what he leads me to do, which begins with being a student 
of the Word. If you're not a student of the Word, and let me go ahead and put this on the table today, the church is not coming back to their first love until they become hungry for the Word of God. The Word of God is everywhere today. The famine in our land and all over the earth is not for the Word. The famine is one of hearing. The prophet Amos said, the famine is one of hearing the Word of God. Because when we hear the Word of God, we're being moved by God, by His Spirit, and that all begins in every move of God if we're accepting where He's delivering us always unto, being the death of Jesus, so that our movement can be of His Spirit and not our own carnal flesh. My goodness, this is good. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Watch this now. Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. And but just because we're in the spirit doesn't mean we're walking in the spirit. Galatians 3 again tells that. You began in the spirit when you were born again, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be found walking in the spirit. That's why the letter was written to the church in Galatia. They were no longer walking in the spirit because see in Galatians we learn that walking in the spirit is equal to living under the grace of God. And Paul said they'd fallen from grace. See, walking in the Spirit means you're walking in the guidance of the Spirit who is the Spirit of grace. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of... He's not just the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of grace. He's the one that teaches you truth, and then He's the one that guides you because He's also the Spirit of grace into that true. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So let me just say it again. I, you can't say this enough. We can't love in the Spirit unless we're walking in the Spirit. You can't move away from the focus of the Lamb and call yourself walking in love, loving each other. Try, be, let me say it again. There's a big show today and a thrust for love, but it ain't the love of God. It's not the love of God. It's not the love of God unless it's coming out of where God is delivering you as his child of God unto always, that being the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake. That was the manifestation. That was the offering of love. And through faith there comes moment by moment for each step of our walking in the Spirit, the manifestation of our love for one another in the Spirit. Remember, if there is no expression of Jesus, there is no expression of the love of God. Jesus is our expression of the love of God, and he cannot be expressed except our hearts be touching his death at Calvary. Out of that death comes the life, the peace, the joy, the love, and everything else that we partake of in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. My goodness, this is good today. I'm being blessed, and I know I would be. I always ask the Lord, Lord, teach me in these sessions. Bless me in these sessions, and bless the people. Impart the, the spiritual gifts and the truths that you have to your people through the word of the truth of the gospel. It's the focus that God brings you to so that he can meet with you and commune 
with you. Hallelujah. You remember in the Old Testament when the Lord told Moses, here you will build the Ark of the Covenant and you'll put the mercy seat on it. And all that represented where the blood was poured out on the mercy seat atop the Ark of the Covenant. Listen, all that represented the cross of Christ. And God said, this is where I'll meet with you and this is where I'll commune with you. That's why God always delivers us unto the death of his son. And that means always so that we can always be in fellowship and communion with him. Hallelujah. And the blood be found cleansing us from all sin and all unrighteousness. Glory be to the Lamb. Hallelujah. So watch this. Verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day you heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. Now he keeps mentioning to them that they're praying for them and that it is a work. We read it in another place. We That it is a work. It is a work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to pray for others, watch, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge. You, if you're not a person who's interested in the Word and you just want to move, you just go listen to somebody declaring and decreeing all this stuff without the Word of the truth of the Gospel, my friend, you're in big trouble because the only way that we're going to be filled with the knowledge of God's will is in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that only come out of the Word of God. Let's go back for a moment. Lord, lay it on my heart. Proverbs chapter 2, if I can get there. Proverbs chapter 2. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 2 and read a few verses here. Watch the process of progress, if you will, in, in, in this that relates to where we're at in Colossians, that the will of God coming through the spiritual understanding and wisdom of God, that the Bible says the preaching of the cross provides nothing else will other than the word of the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. So watch this in Proverbs chapter 2, and I hope you'd highlight this. It's always been one of my very favorites in the Old Testament because it's very revealing to God's, if you will, then I will. Watch this. My son, if you will, receive my words and hide my commandments with you so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. You see, my friends, this is what we have to give ourselves to. This is where the love for God has to be a love for his word. If the love of God is not resulting in a love for his word, then you better be very careful about what you're calling the love of God because my Bible still says for God that the word of God is God in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and verse 14, that it first chapter of John, the word became flesh. So my love for God is my love for Jesus, and it all ends up in a love for the word of God. So watch this. Let's, let's start over. I love it. It's beautiful. I can't ever read it enough. My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments, that means, that word means treasure them with you. So that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry 
shout after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God because the Lord gives wisdom but watch the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth, his word, comes knowledge and understanding. There, let me say it again today. There is no Christians going to be reconciled back to their first love, back to their first works, unless they are a people of the word. If they do not have a love of the truth, they will continue to walk in the delusion that distracted them from God's focus. God, our God, the God of the Bible, the God of heaven and earth, the God that gave his son on Calvary's cross has told us in Psalms 111 verse 5 that he is ever mindful of his covenant. And in 1 Chronicles 16 and 15, he's commanded us to always have that covenant on our mind. Again, that's where we meet with God. That's where we commune with God. Exodus 25, 2 Corinthians 4, 11 and 12, that's where we met God. And if we continue to meet with God, that'll be where we are meeting with God. Hallelujah. And that's where we'll be communing with God. That ought to help you with 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another, and the blood cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Watch this now. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth. That's his word. Comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up. That means he's got it stored for you. But you've got to will. You've got to will. You've got to press through all that distraction. You've got to press through. You can't say, I wish I would have. You've got to get rid of that testimony and will it in your heart through faith in the cross of Christ. You can't will anything and make it work. Your faith has to literally, consciously, deliberately be in a surrendered place to the death of Jesus. Then he can bring you in to the obedience of what is written in his word. Hallelujah. He lays up, he's got it stored for us, sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler. To them that walk uprightly, that word buckler means he's a shield. To them that walk uprightly. And this, what we just read, are the only people among the church, whoever and wherever they are, who are walking uprightly before the Lord. <coughs> and don't forget it. Don't forget it. We're just telling you what the Bible says. Hallelujah. So he says here, let's read this again in verse 9 of Colossians chapter 1, where we are today. Well, we've got about, what, about five, six minutes left. Verse 9, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, of your loving each other in the Spirit, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled 
with the knowledge of his will. See, you hadn't, you hadn't reached a stopping place because you've under, you finally learned what it means to walk in the Spirit, to be able to love in the Spirit. Oh, no, no, no. Nobody's reached a stopping place until we cross that finish line and we're with Jesus. Nobody that's come into the understanding of the cross of Christ and even who the Lord has been able to bring to a determined place has reached a stopping point and I've attained point. We are pressing ahead for those things that are ahead, forgetting those things that are past and allowing the spirit of truth and grace to guide us into more truth. Hallelujah so that we can, listen, so that we can be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My goodness, there's more for the child of God. It, it, it's not going to do you any good to go around telling everybody there's more and you can't stop here. That, that, that's, that, those words don't, don't increase your depth of learning Listen, what increases your, your depth of learning, what increases this knowledge and this wisdom and spiritual understanding in your life is you learning to accept where all that comes from, the place God always delivers you unto, which is the death of Jesus. If you will not accept that, you are trying to glean this knowledge. You're trying to be, I, I know what it's like. I'm, I'm talking about my past. And the millions are out there, Christians, who are trying to be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding outside of where it comes from. It doesn't come and work in our lives just because we got saved. This takes place as we are learners, meaning we're denying self through faith in the cross of Christ, which is our bearing our cross and following him so that we can experience the promise that Jesus gave us. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness any longer. I am the light, he said, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness. But to follow him, your faith has to legitimately and consciously and deliberately be in the death of Jesus. That can't be something in the past. You're encounter of Calvary is moment by moment or you're attempting to live for God through the flesh. Let me say it again. If your only encounter of the cross of Christ was your born again experience, you're in big trouble. You say, well, why hadn't I heard all these things before? The Holy Spirit would ask us today, why have you not been hearing this all along? This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God in the context of the Word of the truth of the Gospel. The Lord will, you know, not why do we have to talk about this all the time. The Lord says, why do you refuse to talk about this all the time? Because this is what I'm all the time doing. We all want to be, uh, we all want to be divided because of our preacher or God's doing this, and we need to bring all the the things that we're supposed to be doing back to one place. I'm not talking about one property and one building. I'm talking about about back to the place where we're all of one mind, of one spirit, striving together for one thing. The Bible says it's the faith of the gospel so that we can, 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, be found speaking the same thing. 
But you've got these people today that want to get up and entertain and put on a good spiritual show, declare and decree, but they're not de declaring the word of the truth of the gospel. And people are paying big money to watch that entertainment, paying to watch men eloquently uh, bring out scriptures and can so eloquently speak the word of God, but they're only words that swell up the flesh if they're not pointing us to the place where flesh was dealt with. Oh, my goodness. This is what God is doing. This is what God is saying. And until men reach the point where they admit that the cross of Christ is God's only answer for any and everything that's going on in the church or the world, then they're going to keep holding on. Nobody's coming back to a focus of Calvary until God convicts and convinces them that what they've been trusting in hasn't been working all along. They've only been deceived by it and slain by it in a place where they've had to put up a, a big curtain of, of entertainment and displaying this and decreeing their, 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 their performance in their preaching. The way they preach has people following them instead of people following them for their preaching the word of the truth of the gospel, my friend. That's where most all the church is today. That's where almost all the church is today. Hallelujah. You're not maturing by learning about end-time prophecy. And even end-time prophecy must be taught through the word of the truth of the gospel. The end-time prophecy about what's going to happen on this earth, listen, that, that all happens before you end up where the hope where your hope is laid up for you. And the Bible tells us here that we learned about that, which is after all the things in the book of Revelation that takes place here on the earth. You learned about that. That's going to be after all that through the word of the truth of the gospel. Do you think we're going to learn about the what's written in the book of Revelation through any other light than the word of the truth of the gospel? No, we're not. No, we're not. And if we're just up showing how much knowledge we have of, of the prophetic and, and all this, not knowing that the Bible says in Revelation 19.10 that Jesus is, the revelation of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, then we're just in big trouble. And we are in big trouble as God's people. We'll get up and tell everybody the church is in trouble, and we'll even tell them why and get it right. And it'll be factual. But unless we end up at the word of the truth of the gospel and let the Holy Spirit use that to do the will of God in our lives, then we're just going to be a part of the problem instead of allowing God to help us to be ministers of the solution hallelujah to the lamb glory be to god watch verse nine again oh we've done gone over we've got to quit i'll make a mark right here and we'll we'll highlight this and come monday morning we'll start all over uh right here where we are right now god bless you I love you so dearly. You soldiers of the cross, you keep pressing ahead because there's nothing behind you except the cross of Christ that's worthy. There's nothing behind you. Bible says forgetting all those things and pressing ahead for those things that are ahead. 
And I just praise God for every one of you. You're in the greatest move of God there's been since the early church. Yeah, you're a part of them. You're a part of them who are determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I praise God for every one of you. Don't let people, don't let man distract you from your view of the Lamb. That's what's got us in trouble every single time we've ever been in trouble. Praise God. Praise the Lord. If the Lord stirs your heart, please pray for us. This is not a road, this is not a walk in the park, a tiptoe through the tulips of holiness. This is a fight of your life, the good fight of faith. And I pray that you would be found praying for us. If the Lord stirs your heart to give to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word give to the number 903 231 5950. And again, the, uh, several folks are giving an offering in honor of Brother Dale Hunt by giving uh, uh, an offering to buy Bibles. That's what the family wanted. So thank you for those of you who've done that. And the more of you who will, again, you text the word give <coughs> to the number 903 231 5950. <coughs> Excuse me. And one of the options there is Bibles to inmates. God bless you. Have a great day. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, <coughs> stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.